0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Faye with Faye Teaches, and I am here on the I Sell Medicare Plans podcast. This is a weekly podcast series that is by Medicare professionals, by insurance professionals, and for insurance professionals. This is where you listen to learn how to efficiently and effectively do your business. This is where you listen to get tips and hacks to grow your Bob. And everybody knows that your B.O.B., your book of business, your residual income is what drives your financial success in this business. So listen to this and any other podcast at anchor.fm forward slash Faye, F-A-Y-E, dash Horton. Today, I am so proud and pleased to have as my special guest, Paul Carter. Paul is from Texas, and together, the two of us have probably about 70-some years of insurance experience. Paul is a decorated veteran and has always been able to not only pull himself up in the insurance business, but bring others along. Hi Paul, good morning.
1: Good morning Faye, glad to be here.
0: Thank you so so much. I understand that you're going to talk to us about why insurance agents fail.
1: Yes, Um, after 46 years in the insurance business um, most of those in management, um, you, you think sometimes late at night when, when you have trouble sleeping, why don't all agents succeed? Um, why do some agents fail? Some agents succeed, especially when you put them through the same rigor when you're hiring them and you think, boy, this, this agent, this female or this male is going to be great. And then they fail. So, you kind of run those people over in your head to try to figure out what did I do wrong or what did I not do that um, would have helped them succeed or given them a better chance to succeed. And after 46 years, I've kind of boiled it down to three different things, three different topics. And then there's some underlying after that, but three basic topics. And the first one we're going to talk about this morning is um, a person that can't do the job, either mentally or physically. And just briefly, that our next topic, uh, next time we're on the air, will be um, they don't know how to do the job. And then the last one is they won't do the job. And we'll talk a little bit in depth about each one of them uh, as we do these podcasts.
0: Oh, thank you. So, what we're going to do so that everybody knows, this will be a three part series. The first series will be why the agent can't do, or the fact that the reason the agent is failing is because they can't, cannot do the job. And that's our topic for today. The other two series will be because the agent doesn't know how to do the job or the third will be the agent will not or won't do the job so today we will start out with the agent can't do the job so Paul is this in the 46 years that you've been in the business Um, And you've just mentioned that you've mainly been in management most of that time. Did you actually sell yourself as well? Were you uh, on the street as well?
1: Yes, I was an agent selling uh, life and health insurance, as well as property and casualty for my first five years in the business. Um,
0: Oh, okay. So you definitely know the business from point A to whatever point we want to go to, knowing that this is the kind of business where there's unlimited potential.
1: Yes, um, I went from being an agent, which by far is one of the best jobs in the insurance industry. One of the hardest, but but also one of the best because you really, um, oh, it's your own business. Um, whether you work for a major company or whether you work for a broker or whether you work totally independently, it's your business. Um, you either make it or you don't make it. And and that's I, a good feeling for some people, a bad feeling for others.
0: I think you've hit that right on the head because I've found that when you are able to make your own decisions, you do get to a point in life where you need that. You really need to be your own boss. You need to be able to decide what you will do, when you will do it, and hopefully at that point you've also grown to the point where you can figure out which decisions are gonna be the better decisions for yourself. So being an independent agent or a captive agent is important, but having that entrepreneurial spirit that will drive you on, will, will increase your success, would you say?
1: Oh yes, definitely, very definitely. this morning what I wanted to talk a little bit about was the key attributes on the the mental side of an agent failing or not succeeding, the mental attributes I believe every agent needs to have, and then I'm going to talk a little bit just real briefly about the physical. Um, And I think I'll start off with the physical. Um, and, And the reason I say an agent can't do the job because of a physical problem I use an example of a gentleman I hired many years ago in the Medicare sales field, and um, he had had polio as a child, and he had very heavy leg braces on both legs. He had really no use of his legs, and he walked with crutches and um, he did a phenomenal job he was ended up being one of one of my best agents out of about fifty agents we had at the time. And um, he was a great guy, uh, very good guy, uh, totally dedicated to the business. It was painful just to watch him get in or out of a car, but he did it. And uh, he was very, very successful as I said. But unfortunately what happened is the polio came back on him and I may not be using the right terminology, but he had a reoccurrence of the polio in his later years and he was about 45 when that happened. And uh, he became so disabled that he couldn't get around anymore. He had to use a wheelchair, an electric wheelchair, and he was really basically confined to home. So in that instance, physically, he couldn't do the job. Um, There's other instances where someone might have a heart problem or develop a heart problem, and they just can't handle it. Um, But that's the minority. Okay, Um, and and those things do happen. And no fault for anyone, just life happens. But the main thing is mental. People mentally can't do the job. And what I mean by that is I boiled it down to about 13 what I call attributes that I believe every insurance agent, whether it's Medicare or whether it's life insurance or health insurance or um, property and casualty, needs to have to be successful, especially in the very beginning of their career. but hopefully these attributes they carry with them for their entire career.
0: I see. so the um, now I, i'm I'm going to backtrack once on you, Paul. For the physical, because of the way business is done now, and because of the the climate that we're in right now, the physical challenges that an individual might have may be removed somewhat because of of our digital marketing a lot of the marketing for all of those insurance products now are being done from home digitally on the phone or using um Zoom or other GoToMeeting or WebEx or other visual tools that are right on your desktop at home. So the physical challenges for someone who can't do it may change or may have changed over time, but the mental aspects that you're talking about are critical and not just for doing business. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, you have to have the right mental attitude to succeed in anything, I would think, right?
1: Correct. Very correct. Physical, I agree with you 100%. It's it's less physically demanding, maybe, uh, nowadays uh, than it was when I started 46 years ago. However, um, there's still a lot of hours that have to be put in in a day, especially in the beginning of your career, until you build up that book of renewal, until your bob mm-hmm. it's big enough that it can help support you and your family, um, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of hours. Um, I'll give you an example, and I'm not bragging. I'm just giving an example. My last position as the director for uh, Humana, a director with Humana uh, Insurance Company, and I was running half of Texas. Um, I would get to the office no later than four o'clock in the morning. And I wouldn't leave before about four o'clock in the afternoon. And then when I got home, I'd spend another two hours uh, on the computer doing email or doing some follow-ups. So there's always, for this business, there's always a lot of time that you have to spend. And that is physically demanding, emotional and mentally more so, but there still is a physical aspect, even if you're sitting in front of a computer all day.
0: It's true. And, and you have to have that kind of awareness it, when you're putting in those kind of hours. You need the type of awareness that's going to keep you on. Uh, I, I'm not sure if this is the right term, but you need to be on point for the people that you're going to communicate with. Oh, because correct. when you're putting in those hours, you are communicating with other people. Is that right?
1: Yes, very much so. So you have to be what I call up. And uh, whenever I got on a phone call with any of my customers or anyone in particular, I would smile. And I know it sounds kind of uh, funny, but before I picked up that phone to make a phone call, I would get a big smile on my face. Even, even if I didn't feel like smiling that particular day, mm-hmm. um, I would get a big smile on my face and that alone physically doing that um, helps to improve your attitude. Um, Nobody wants to talk to a gloomy Gus. And so uh, always being upbeat is what you have to be.
0: I think that that is part, that's probably the key to that mental aspect is always having that positive attitude. Yes. Um I can remember and I don't know if you've ever experienced this when there may have been uh, products that we were produ- we were selling or presenting to others that I-, I had to really really study to find the positive way to direct that to someone else and make sure that it fit that particular person because you can have one product and the way you present it to one person does not necessarily mean that's the way another person will be receiving it. So not only do you need to have a great mental attitude and a positive state, be in a positive state, but you need to know how to express to someone else in the way that they will receive it whatever you're giving them or offering them in a positive way. Is that right? So you got to have more than one way of expressing your positivity.
1: Yes, you're, you're very, very correct. You, you know, agents get confused sometimes over features versus benefits. Benefits are what sells to that particular person. I think that's what you're talking about. Uh, the benefit of a particular product to me may not be the same benefit to someone else. I may see the $5 copay on a Medicare Advantage product as a key benefit to me because I have a low income or I'm just cheap, I don't wanna spend a lot of money going to the doctor, Um, where the next person may say, you know what, that's not a real benefit to me. The benefit to me with that particular product is the uh, the nurse call line where I can call get a nurse on the phone and discuss my particular issue before I go to the doctor or telemedicine, whatever it happens to be, that might be the benefit to that person um, versus the $5 copay, which is, might be the benefit to me. So you can't focus on the features and what you see as an agent is, oh, gee, this is really whiz bang. This is, this is really something great because it may not be great to that particular person. The benefit to that particular person may be something else. So you have to find that benefit within your products.
0: You're absolutely right, Paul. And I know I can remember um, doing ride-alongs with agents and listening to their presentation. And that would be the time when I'm actually there just to observe and, and cringing in my chair because every presentation would be the exact same and i'm thinking but this person just told you that they don't go to whatever hospital you know or they don't they don't do you know when if you listen to what the customer is saying and then be able to with that positive attitude find the benefit that's going to work for them That's what's going to help you to not be in this group of people who can't do. So, agents will fail because of these two reasons that you've given their mental attitude or mental aspect or their physical condition. Yes. However, there is nothing in the mental section. That cannot be corrected. Would you? Is that a good statement?
1: Yes. Um, Now, you know, these attributes, um, I think everyone needs to either have or they need to develop. And I don't think that these cannot be developed if you don't have them already. Uh, I would say that most people have most of these attributes to some degree but as an independent agent or, or a captive agent and as an insurance agent in general, you've got to enhance these attributes to the point that they're key for your success.
0: So, so I, I, I'm always learning. I'm I'm learning something new. If I don't learn something every day, I at least learn something every week and I'm always learning. I know one of the things that you do, you are an avid, and I mean avid, reader, but not only do you read um, for pleasure, but I'm sure that you also read so that you're learning. Is is that true?
1: Yes. Um, as an agent, and then as a manager, um, and on to a vice president with a company, I always read books on management, on motivation, not only for my team, but for myself, um, on sales skills, on marketing. Um, Even when I wasn't in charge of marketing as a sales manager, I kept up on what was going on with marketing and what was happening with marketing so I could discuss it um, intelligently with my manager and maybe even my vice president so we could have a discussion about, gee, why isn't this marketing working? Or when they told me something about marketing, I could more easily understand it. But reading, and then I'd go back and reread. Um, I, have a, I still have a library in my home office, and I have three shelves of just sales, marketing, management, motivation books. Um, but even in um, books I might read for pleasure, a lot of times I would discover some little nugget that I would say, hey, this is really good. It's a good thought. And I would try to translate that to our business and use it mm-hmm. in our business.
0: And I'm sure you you go back, do you go back and read some of those books? Some of them, the ones that you have, you've read them a number of times?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Some of the ones that, that I really enjoy, you know, it may be two or three years, but I'll go back and it will almost be like revisiting with an old friend. Um, Mm. you'll go, Oh yeah. Um, someone once told me something and I've never forgotten it. It It may help someone in your audience. Um, I was, I had done very, very well as an agent when, when I started out, I was doing exceptionally well. And, um, there came a time and I was probably in the business, maybe two or three months, and I was in a slump. And uh, you know, you might call it the freshman slump, but I was in a slump and I was sitting in a bullpen. We, we had a big area at the office where I worked with a lot of tables and desks and phones. And um, I was sitting around with some of the other agents, probably drinking coffee and back then probably smoking cigarettes. And we were all complaining about how tough it was and how bad it was and how maybe we should leave the business. And one of the managers, not my manager, but another manager came by and he said, hey, Paul, how's it going? And he kind of put his hand on my shoulder and I said, ah, it's not going worth a darn. His name was Gary. And uh, not going worth a darn, Gary. And he said, well, what'd you quit doing? And I said, Gary, what are you talking about? I didn't quit doing anything. And he said, no, you've been very successful so far. What did you stop doing? I said, Gary, I didn't stop doing anything. I'm still doing the same thing. It's just not working. And he said, no, I guarantee you, you've stopped doing something. He said, get out your appointment book. And of course, back then we had paper appointment books. So I pulled mine out and he said, show me the last week when you really had a great week. So I opened my appointment book to that week, and it was full. I was looking at it, and it was full of appointments, phone calls, of time to do phone calls, and and it was just full. The whole week was covered in in detail of what I had to do. And then he Mm -hmm. said, okay, show me this week. And I showed it to him, and it was pretty blank. And I have to say, I was very embarrassed. And he said, see? You quit doing what made you successful, and he was absolutely right. I had done so well, my ego had gotten the best of me, and I thought I didn't need to do the grunt work anymore. But as any soldier will tell you, the grunt work is where it's at.
0: Yes, yes. And you see how easy that was for you to slip into that mode? You You weren't even conscious that you had done that.
1: No. And I was being, I was being uh, what an old vice president of mine told me one time, I was being SNIOPed. That's SNIOP. SNIOPed? SNIOPed. I never
0: heard that word.
1: Well, it's a word he made up, I'm guessing. It was D. And what it is, it's an acronym for subjected to the negative influence of other people.
0: Oh, okay. 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 That makes
1: sense. In talking to the people around me that may have been failing, and they may have been failing for a totally different reason. um, We all started, you know, well, this is bad. Oh no, it's bad here. Oh, it's horrible here. And we started feeding off each other, negatively feeding off each other instead of Mm -hmm. positively trying to feed each other
0: right and that gets right back to the to one of the attributes that you said that causes insurance agents to fail that mental positive mental attitude paul we're getting ready to come to a close if you would and if you had something that you would like to tell our audience maybe one or two points that will help particularly with that mental positive attitude what would be the maybe two keys that you think would help our audience to maintain or even if they fall back to um readdress the positivity in their lives?
1: well number one stay around positive people um and that includes friends that aren't in the business um, that includes relatives. Um, I know when I first got in the business, my mother was aghast um, because I was going to work on 100% commission. And she was terrified uh, for me and for my family because I'd had, I had a great job where I had a good, in, decent income, not a good income, and decent income. And it was a study income. And uh, I was being paid by, by the county. And um, she uh, was kind of negative when I first got in the business until I became successful. So I tried, I didn't avoid my mother, but I tried not to speak to her too much about business. Um, So try to stay around positive people. In order to do that, you have to keep your significant other, if you have one, or your friends in touch with the positive attitude positive uh, attributes of the business, what you're gaining and how you're growing. So stay around positive people. The other thing is focus your desire. Make sure that your desire never for success never goes down. Now that doesn't mean you're going to um, con people or do whatever you have to, to be a success. You can be a success and be totally empathetic with everyone, and be totally uh, legitimately um, doing the right thing for that particular customer. But you have to have that burning desire. You have to have that desire inside yourself, and you get that. Sometimes it's tough. I mean, you know, you you get twenty people to call, and you know, twenty of them say no. I'm reminded of one other short story of one of the reasons I was successful when I was new in the business, maybe less than a year. I went to a life underwriter training council meeting and they had a speaker there that day. And the speaker's name, I still remember it was Al Guida. And Al Guida was the number one life insurance agent at the time in the state of Nevada. And, um, He did his little speech, and one of the guys that was with me said, yeah, Al Guida's been number one agent for years and years and years, blah, blah, blah. He just telling me all about the positive things that Al had done and all the success he had had. So we had a break, and I went over and got a chance to say hello to Mr. Guida. And I said, you know, Mr. Guida, I'm brand new to the insurance business. I've only been in it maybe six months And I really want to be a successful agent. And I really want to make this my career. So can you tell me, uh, you know, can you give me some advice on how you became so successful? And he looked at me and he said, kid, I was much younger back then. He said, kid, I will get more NOs, more no's in a day than you will in a month. And then he turned around and walked away.
0: It took me a
1: minute to think about what he said. But then I thought, you know what? He's right. He just asked. He approached more people. He gave his presentation to more people than 99% of all insurance agents out there.
0: And that goes right back to your book. Remember when you were looking at the week that you had great success and then the week when you didn't, the week when you did, you had more appointments, more calls, more activity. And that, Paul, ties into one of the episodes that we've had here on Isell Medicare plans um, a couple of weeks ago our podcast was about massive activity and a dear friend of mine, Rob Jones, actually talked about massive activity. Every week that we're doing these podcasts, it seems that we're tying all of them in together. There's a single thread that ties them all together and it all falls back to the individual agent, whether you be captive, or whether you are independent, you can do whatever it is you set your mind to do as long as you're willing to do the work.
1: That's very, very correct. There's a, you know me, fad. I love adages and sayings, and and I use them to pump myself up, and I've used them to pump up my team. That's
0: great, because I was going to ask you before we closed, Is there a mantra that you live by? And I know you have a lot of them, but (laughs) give us one, please.
1: The, The one I was thinking of for today was, to accomplish little, we must sacrifice little. To achieve much, we must sacrifice much. To attain highly, we must sacrifice greatly.
0: Hmm. Will you repeat that again, please?
1: Sure. To accomplish little, we must sacrifice little. To achieve much, we must sacrifice much. To attain highly, we must sacrifice greatly.
0: Okay. Great. That sounds good. Thank you so much, Paul. Is there anything else you want to add? I certainly appreciate your being on with us today. This has really, really been great. And as always, I always learn something from you. I always enjoy your stories and I'm sure that our audience will too. Listeners, please join us uh, podcast new podcast episodes come on Monday, every Monday at eight a.m. Eastern Standard Time. However, once they're out there, you can listen to them at Anchor FM forward slash Fay F A Y E Dash Horton, or you can listen on Spotify. And there are seven other media that they're available, including Google Podcasts. So listen to the podcast. If you'd love to want to be a podcast guest, if you want to join or ask any questions, by all means do so. Go to our visit our website, isellmedicareplans.com, and you'll see the podcasts that have already been recorded. Thank you again so much for listening and have a marvelous day.